welcome to a special episode of Xenochat. Xenochat Court. Our judge tonight is Justin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first edition of the Xenochat Courts. So today we're going to be discussing Malos, and particularly whether or not if Malos had a nicer driver, would he still do crimes? And also, would he still possibly be gay? <laughs> All of that will be discussed tonight be gay to in Xenochat Courts. But first, let's talk about the news. So there's news. There is, in fact, news. Well, us, like a lot of you probably listening, tried to go on Nintendo's website to order a certain special edition of a certain game that all of us are looking forward to playing in July. And uh, yeah, wah wah wah. Yeah, that, that was, was a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> An absolute shit show. Um, you, you just go on Twitter. You can see how people were reacting to that. It was absolute mayhem. I remember I couldn't even log in to the damn site. The cart didn't work. The site like went down for, I think, like four hours, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I know two people who actually managed to get their orders through. But other than that, like, it seemed everybody had a hard time getting this thing. And unfortunately, they ended it by saying that the special edition was going to go up again at a later date. So who knows when that's going to be? We're all going to be looking on their Twitter to see when that's going to happen. See when um, Wario64 posts about it again. Um, Yeah, it's it's a mess. (laughs) I, I can't believe that... This pre-order was as much of a shit show as it was. I mean, I, like my expectations for this kind of crap was pretty low to begin with because I remember the Metroid Dread Special Edition was super hard to get. I didn't even see it online. I had to get a copy from a friend, but like this one was just like even worse. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I couldn't believe it. But on the bright side, this is showing that there is demand for Xenoblade, and I think if this special edition is selling out. That's going to translate to good sales, uh, at least for the first week or so for the game. So Yeah, absolutely. Bit of a silver lining to all of this. So that Potentially. Tends- yeah. And watch it yeah. still get zero merch. Just none. Yeah. We're still not going to get a single Napalm plush. <laughs> I can't wait uh, to read the new headlines that are going to read. Nintendo discovers their product is popular. Adds five megabits of bandwidth to compensate. <laughs> Yeah, right. Put that on hard drive or something. One of those satire websites. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad. Like it. it how is it that we're in the year of our Lord 2022 and they still are acting like they just discovered the Internet and also just discovered that their products are in kind of high demand? Like yeah. it's inexcu- it's it's honestly inexcusable at this point to the point where it's like getting to be like a popcorn sport. Like you just yeah. you go in expecting a shit show, and <laughs> you get worse than a shit show. <laughs> but, uh, I, should, I should also note that um, everybody in this podcast is located in North America, and it seems like North America is generally the the area or the region where mm-hmm. we experience the most issues with these sort of things. Because I heard that, like, 
the New Zealand site had them and you could pre-order them just fine. And I, th- and I didn't hear any reports of the Japanese pre-orders going bad. So, um, yeah, it seems like it's just North America that's been screwed. I don't know if the European special editions went up yet. That well, I'm not sure of. I think I think they just watched us in horror. I think that was <laughs> yes, in up fear. in a ball and cried. In horror, they had popcorn snacks out. They were they were watching the they were they were fiddling while Rome burned. Yeah, I think it was a like somebody described it as you're they're watching it like a train wreck, but also they're worried because they know they're going to have to approach that too. Mm-hmm. But <sighs> we'll see. I mean. I feel like historically, Europe's been treated better by Nintendo when it comes to some of these things. They absolutely are. They're spoiled rotten by Nintendo when it comes to these things. Look at their special editions. Yeah. It's case in point right there. They, their, their special editions cost about the same as ours do, you know, after you figure out the, the whole currency exchange. And what they get is a thousand times nicer than what we get. I mean, the European collector's edition of definitive edition came with a vinyl of the soundtrack. That alone, that alone in the United States would go for $40 by itself at a minimum, probably more. And that came with their special edition. Yeah, they got so, a vinyl, they got a steel book, there was a poster in it too. It's a really nice special edition. I mean, let me tell you right now. You know it's a good special edition when I actually ordered that version in addition to the North American one. Wow. And I don't blame you. I don't blame if I if I had been as big into Xenoblade as I am now, I absolutely would have done the same thing, especially when finding out that there was a vinyl soundtrack in there. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Um honestly, it I, I would I would like to know why they they get treated to such better special editions than we do but i'm i'm sure it's because at this point noa has kind of worked out that we'll just buy anything you know but like, i will say we'll, one thing that's, we're willing to accept whatever one thing that's interesting about the european special edition um before i go off to on too much of a tangent here is that i did notice that the art book that comes with it is soft cover while the north american one is hardcover so that was just something kind of interesting I noticed. And also, with this special edition, it seemed like every region's getting the same stuff. Uh, unlike the Finnip edition, where like Europe got you know the seat, the uh, vinyl. Japan, I think, got a soundtrack. But um, yeah, this time, everybody seems to be getting the same stuff. So they, I guess they figured, let's just have one special edition and distribute it across all regions. But also, like the special edition content isn't even coming at launch. I think they're shipping the game separately, and then the rest of the special editions coming later. So that's going to be a bit weird, but you know what? We'll, we'll see what they're doing with that. Yes, Hopefully, we will. I'll be able to see some of those special editions at Nintendo New York. I was, uh, I'm hoping to be able to go to Nintendo New York around the Xenoblade launch. I, I really wanted to like go there for a Xenoblade launch. I remember I wanted to do it for Definitive Edition, but. We all know what happened in 2020, so... <laughs> yes, we do. And uh, you know what? Let me know when you... If you do go, let me know when. I'll go with you. Yeah. Uh, I can also go since, like, I think if I just kind of trip over myself a few times, I end up there. Yeah. So I might I'm, I'm, I'm uh, take off for that day and make it a trip to the city. But yeah, that's what's happening with um, 
the Xenoblade 3 Special Edition, I think that's the biggest thing we can talk about in the news. There's, I don't really think there's any new updates on figures or anything like that. So if there is, we'll talk about it in another episode. Anyways, back to what we're here for, which is this Malos debate slash discussion, whatever you want to call it. So the way this is going to work is we're, we have two sides, right? And we're going to hear both sides and hear what they think about Malos. One side is essentially the Malos did nothing wrong, ooh, which has Tyler and Robin. Hey. Hey, Hello. hey. Oh, I'm, I'm a guest on this episode today, by the way. Yes, he is. Yes, <laughs> this is kind of like my way of introducing the guests. I realized I didn't, I didn't do that at the beginning. So that's the Malos did nothing wrong, ooh, side. Now, the other side, we've got Malos' Haters, which has Anthony from Retro Roulette and me. Also, boo. And I should also, big, say this, big disclaimer, these are just their opinions. They don't, they're not law. These aren't the only opinions that are valid. You can formulate your own opinion. You are free to think however you want about Malice or however you want about any Zeno character you so desire. All right? We're not here to judge each other and say, oh, you're wrong for thinking that. No. We're here to just share opinions, share our perspectives on these games. All right? And Because I think that's what's kind of cool. When you have a game that we all like and we're all sharing perspectives and we're hearing them and we're commenting on them. We're not going to, like, this isn't going to turn into a shouting match. I'm not going to let it happen. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, objection? Hearsay? Do you want? Do you want to stay on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it was low hanging fruit. I couldn't resist. Um, so about the format of this, I think it would be refreshing if what we did was is we. Uh, did one for one against one for one against, and we kind of went had a, like yeah. a back and forth like that. So i I would be okay going last um, for you know my against, but uh, how do you guys want to do this? I think that's a good way of doing it. Yeah. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I, yeah. I agree with that. And I should I also uh, mention that um, Tyler's going to jump in on this, but he's really going to be basically. Uh, reading Feeny's notes. Feeny was supposed to be in this episode, but unfortunately they couldn't make it. So yes. they put down a bunch of notes in this document and Tyler's going to basically pretend like he is Feeny and make that argument for them. I so love see if anyone Kukai. notices the I difference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that's said, Tyler, doing. I would like to know your thoughts on it as well. Oh. So... We'll a couple of notes on Malos, if in case for whatever reason you don't know who he is, he's one of the main antagonists of Xenoblade 2 and Xenoblade 2 Torna. And a couple of notes about him from our community here at Xenochat is that he thick. He's one of the Aegis along with Mithra and Redacted. He's second in command of the battered group Torna. Amalthus is technically his driver. And it's funny how he's only level 5 when you first fight him. But there's a note underneath that that says, His core was cracked. Be nice. Please read that last thing after nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. After nice, there's also a frowny face. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yes, back to you know the topic at hand. If Malice had a nicer driver, he probably wouldn't do crimes, but maybe he'd still be gay. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, didn't we cover that in the in a previous episode? Uh, I think I think it was covered on the um, uh, queer oh, theory episode. Oh, was probably, theory. Yeah. Queer probably theory. in that one. Shout out to that episode because I actually think that's a pretty oh, good episode. Too. Yes, it'll nice. be exciting to revisit that after three is released. Yeah, I think it would be, and just in general, I think it'll be interesting to revisit that topic in particular because I feel like since we did that episode, a lot of us probably have different perspectives on that. And uh, you might have a little bit more to say about it. So, yeah. We didn't intend for the Queer Theory episode to be a one-off. In fact, that episode in particular, we I remember Tyler and I wanted to actually have two different casts for that. And unfortunately, that couldn't happen. Yeah. But, but yeah, so uh, we absolutely want to do more uh, Queer Theory episodes in, in the future. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you, can, you can look forward to that. Especially with three around the corner. Happy Pride. <laughs> sure, Yay, happy Pride. Pride. Yes, yes. Happy Pride. Corporation. Well, we're not a corporation, so we, God, we can, I hope we can I can do that. that. Hello, fellow gays. <laughs> it is me, Corporation. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Would you like me to okay. um, be possessed by Feeny first? Yes. yes. So we're going to start Just with a, uh, Gaiden Kukai three times. Yes. Um, so as I the think. first member of the... Mouse and nothing wrong. DK crew. I was thinking it too. <laughs> the DK crew who thinks Malice did nothing wrong. Ooh. Tyler, present your argument. Or rather, okay. Feeny's arguments. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Malice deserves another chance. Just because Malice was predetermined to be a jerk, the problem is that it's made clear repeatedly throughout the story that one who awakens that blade first has the biggest impact on what they're like. For example, Wolfric, uh, first being awakened by a monster looking the way he does and his occasional mannerisms, he's looking uh, a lot like Laura and so on. So a lot of their the drivers influence the blades that they perceive. Um, and as we know, Wolfric is like best boy and should be protected. Um, that's my note, not Feeny's. Um, and let's see here. Almost all of the Torna group, Blades included, get another chance in New Game Plus. However, dubiously canon it is, so why shouldn't he? Um, that would be cool if Alice was a playable Blade, but... And lastly, Amalthus's influence did not help what he eventually became, especially considering the heinous acts he committed throughout both the prequel and the main story. Malice needed a better driver at the end of the day. Alright, I agree. Yes, good. (laughs) I do agree that uh, Malice should have been playable. Um, I think that would have been a really interesting New Game Plus part, especially since he's playable at the very beginning. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't somebody find some unused voice files from Malos with other party members? Yes, that is that is true. So it seems like at one point he they might they may have intended for him to have been playable. 
uh, perhaps as DLC, and I guess it, they just never did it. Personally, I would have liked to have seen Malo's playable because I really like his weapon. He has like this weird like sword tomfa, and I think that's super cool. It kind of reminds me of like Strider Hideyu's weapon in some ways, and I think that would have been an interesting weapon to see on Rex. Isn't that the weapon that Sever uses? I think Sever does use Yeah, it. that's what Sever uses. Malos's weapon is just a Monado. Well, he uses it too, uh, because he uses the Monado later. Alright. But I, I know that Sword Tonfa is the thing that Sever has. I will I will not have credit <laughs> removed for my precious <laughs> lizard boy. <laughs> but, I mean, isn't isn't Sever his blade, so it makes yes, sense. Yes, but it's lizard. just that you do get Sever as a, as right. a new game. Okay, so, so that, that's fair then. I'll give you that. So if you're like, hey, this blade is, this weapon's cool, yeah, you can, you can just get that. Okay, that's fair. Sure. Alright, so, um, yeah, I really don't have much to say to, to that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to, because Feeny's not here to actually debate Feeny's. Exactly. So I don't want to, like, say anything. B, as a first, the Malos haters present your argument. All right, Your Honor and uh, people of the court, I would like to present why Malos deserves mm. a chew in the face. Why we all hate Malos. We should hate Malos. Um, court crystals, they are pre predetermined. We have what the blade would be like personality-wise, comet-wise, and whatnot. Therefore, you know, he's born bad. If we think of Boreas, for example, like, he has that desire to food. He didn't get that from anybody. He just likes food. And that's how he is. There's nothing wrong with liking food. Mm -hmm. um, but this is why malice is bad. If, if we go back to psychology and talk about nature versus nurture, this is all nature. Like, he's born bad, he stays bad, he continues to be bad. Doesn't matter what the driver was. It just so happened that Omelthus was kind of a bad dude. That's just a coincidence. Um, but yeah, he, he stays bad. Um, and because he is bad, um, he thinks everything is negative, and he has that negative lens, which, if you're following along, it's called negative bias. Everything that's bad gets amplified tenfold, and that's why a lot of his decisions are, you know, malicious-based, because, you know, they're bad, can't make it worse, but why not? Um, yeah, and I did make a note that Rex did try to give him an olive branch several times, and he took that olive branch wheezed it for all its oil and then burnt it to a crisp. So, Court, I present to you, that is why Malos is bad. Okay. And you make a good point about how certain blades are predetermined to be a certain way. I mean, imagine saying that Shiba was influenced to be the way she is. Right? That just, that would be weird. Up. Yeah. Shiba was influenced to be a lesbian mermaid sipping tea in a floating bathtub. <laughs> because that's how she grew up that way. No, that makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. She grew up as a lesbian mermaid in a bathtub. Yes. Nobody told her to do that. She did it on her own. And that's fine. I like her for it. <laughs> God, I wish I had a floating bathtub. I fucking oh, hate summer. Too. This is why I love Shippa. She's like my favorite blade. <laughs> but yes, Malos is bad. I mean, it's in his name. 
You can't have a, a guy named Malos who's apparently like a do-gooder. Just, just, it'd be weird. I uh, disagree. I'm gonna disagree. You know why? Because... I know you're gonna say it's a whole bad guy, but... <laughs> I, I was actually gonna say Sin Kisk, but, you know... <laughs> same franchise. <laughs> His sole bad guy is still a jerk, whereas Sid Kiesk is, like, a fucking golden retriever, so... But imagine naming your golden retriever Malos, though. Imagine naming your golden retriever Sin! <laughs> also, sole bad guy doesn't count, because that is a name he picked himself, whereas Sin was given that name. So... Robin, you're up. Yes. Okay. I, he, the actions he took, he has already taken. Like, I'm not trying to discuss his actions. They already happened. He already did them. They're already bad. Uh, my argument is that if he was awakened by someone else who had not given up hope, he would have been a better person. Um, so, other blades do change behaviors when they are activated by Rex and friends. Mm -hmm. Praxis and Theory, when you first meet them, they're thieves, they don't care about other people, they kill other people to steal their blades, uh, but then you end up killing Praxis's driver, you get her blade, and she's actually disgusted by how Theory is behaving. That said, though, Theory is capable- does show that a blade is capable of killing their own driver, so that is a thing to note. Um, there's also Percival, who we know used to be more ruthless in his previous life, and he still has his loner behavior, but he no longer kills. He thinks that, you know, putting people in jail for life is a perfectly valid punishment. So, he's changed. So, there are definitely aspects of a blade that change when they're reawakened. We then go on to my other point, which is that Malos's goals change after Torna, uh, the, the DLC Torna. During Torna the Golden Country, he seeks destruction because when Amalthus awoke him, he was doing this as a guy who said, I hate the world, the world belongs in a giant toilet, and I'm gonna go talk to the person who made it and say, please put this world in a toilet. <laughs> and that's the Amalthus who, wake, who awakens Malos, so Malos is awakened and goes, Yeah, okay, I got the power, I can put it in the toilet, no problem. <laughs> and everything Amalthus does during Torna, the DLC, is he just is gaining more status for more control and then going out to attack people. And another point is that with Minoth, Amalthus's other blade, Minoth was awoken before Amalthus had hit that point. And that's why when Amalthus changed, Minoth just became terrified. And there is that scene where Amalthus is about to kill a baby, and Minoth doesn't, doesn't love that and does stop him, but it's kind of like incident. Like he didn't know that was about to happen. It's just his appearance does stop Amalthus. Like, that, that is the person that, that Malice was awoken by. A guy about to kill a baby because he hated the world so much that he's just like, you shouldn't even have to exist in here. I'm going to kill a baby now. But anyway, after Torna, though, we see that, like, Malos has had more of a chance to calm down. He's not destroying things every second. He's 
able to stop, he's able to stop when Jin tells him to stop. But that's that's another thing. He has kind of latched himself onto Jin, who is still destructive. Just that Jin's destructive habits are more inward. Uh, Jin doesn't like the world because it's a world in which blades are forever dependent on their driver. And he's been alive for so long because of that dependence, because the last things that Laura has said were I don't want to be forgotten and Jin knew that if he went back to his core, she would be forgotten and so he couldn't do that, and furthermore he doesn't want to forget her because he is her blade, and there's just that inherent love that he has for her so it's a he doesn't want any other blades to go through that sort of thing and that's why he's just like, let's go and talk to God and go, why did you do this? Or otherwise destroy this cycle from happening, because this is not a way to live. It's disgusting. But the point is that with Jin, we see that Malos does get a more gentle side, is able to hold himself back, is able to be calm. So, you know, maybe if a person who wasn't just a straw nihilist woke him up, he wouldn't, like, have woken up to his only thoughts being, I hope I can put everybody in the trash compactor. But another thing is that towards the end of the game, we see that Malos completely agrees with Rex that he's a horrible person, and he wants Rex to beat him. Every time Rex tries to, like, offer any sort of, hey, let's be friends, I forgive you, Malos is like, no, don't forgive me, I destroyed a continent, what's wrong with you? And twists everything around so it's back to, let's fight. He doesn't want to be forgiven. He's not unaware that he did bad things. It's just he was brought up by a person who said, be bad forever, destroy things. So that's, that is my Malo's argument. He got a bad driver and then his boyfriend was a nihilist. <laughs> and so you think that like, by being around Jin, that kind of helped Malo's- It helped him mellow out, but the thing is- I feel that Jin was a positive influence on him, but perhaps because he is still a person who ultimately in some ways is going to seek destruction, but it could have been like uh, like a, an example, um, like the, the controlled fires that are sometimes needed to help things regrow. It's needed. Sometimes you need to get rid of things for progress. There could have been a way for this to occur even if he is a thing driven towards destruction, just like with Percival, where he's driven to defend people and fight, but he could be doing it in a more productive towards society way. I object. Well, there is definitely a relationship with Malos and Jin. Like, that's... That's, like, you can't argue that. There definitely is. But I don't think that... Malos is, was toning down some of his stuff because of Jin. I think that he was just tired because he'd been living for so damn long without any contention. Okay, so... Uh, uh, it's been enough that I... long enough that I haven't seen every scene and don't have everything perfectly memorized, but I believe at least when you first get to the world tree and are still... like, this is the point at which you now are no longer partnered with Jin. Um, Jin does tell Torna to stop, and Malos is like, 
one of the first to go, great, we're not fighting them then. We're done. Jin said no. Yeah, but probably at that point, Malice says there's no point finding these things. He's gonna awaken the uh, giant robot thingy that I can't remember the name of and destroy the world. Anyway, Jin's a little stepping stone. He does defer to Jin and does regard Jin as the leader of the group. I was gonna say, I mean, it does, Mel's does show that he respects Jin's opinion. And as Robin has pointed out, and it, I'm, you know, Malice has held back because of Jin, so he's not incapable of listening to people who tell him to kind of tone it down a bit. Of course, a Malthus isn't necessarily going to be somebody who's going to tell him that, but Jin might. And I think that's... I I guess what I want to say is, like, maybe Jin is able to get Malos to think a second more than he was before. Yeah, also Jin is finding Malos after Malos has been proven, like, oh, I'm not immortal, I can be stopped, maybe mm-hmm. I need to think more and not just destroy. And another point against Amalthus is just... Amalthus had a lot to be gained from just letting Malos go loose and saying, oh, I can't control him, this has nothing to do with me. Okay, I want to just make real quick make an objection because I feel like this this is important and shouldn't be overlooked. Mithra sealed a lot of Malos's power. Yes, re- I think one of the primary drives as to why Malos wasn't going on a destruction spree isn't necessarily because he didn't want to, but because he couldn't. He physically could not. He didn't have access to his um, oh, what were they called? The 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 the, the robot artifices. Artifice. He didn't have access to his artifices. He didn't have access to most of his power. And uh, he doesn't get that back until very, very, very late in the game. At which point, by the time he does get it back, he's already has his his end goal in sight. And he, in his mind, he's already won. Objection! Yes, I do think that him not having the ability to destroy as wantonly as he wanted to was the thing that allowed for him to take a moment to step back from everything. However, he still did that. That still happened. And furthermore, as I say, towards the end, he wants to be stopped. Like, anytime Rex goes, hey, we can forgive you, we can move on, he goes, no, I want you to destroy me. I deserve to be dead. So you're thinking that at that point, Malos really realize what he's done before and that's essentially he's saying that he is, he sh- he needs to be killed he needs to be destroyed y- yeah and, it's yeah. it's a form of you know redemption through death but it's like him offing himself isn't the same he needs to be stopped right. it needs to be a dramatic thing and yeah he doesn't feel like he deserves to be forgiven yeah, you know him killing himself. That's that's too easy. It's somebody it's too has easy to. And it's not meaningful. It's and... not meaningful, right? Yeah, but at the same time, <clears throat> I feel like if he realized that he did something bad and he really, really cared, he'd just stop. Like, what kind of? Shakespearean narcissist need, needs to be stopped 
and it and recognizes that they need to be stopped. A good person, or somebody who is good down, to, you know, somewhere deep inside their core, would simply say, you know what, they make a good point. I'm going to stop trying to kill everyone, and we'll talk this out. And if it, you know, if I need to pay for my crimes and I need to be put to death, then so be it. But I should just stop right now and not do and not make any further attempts to destroy the world because, you know, the kid's got a point. I'm scum. I need to be stopped. I'll stop myself. Like that's I feel like if you're <clears throat> I feel like if he really did have a revelation of character there, if he, you know, if, if, if whatever good may or may not be in him was trying to claw its way out at that point, he should have just stopped himself. It's, it's, we, you know, people, people are at the end of the day responsible for their own actions. And the fact that he didn't stop himself speaks volumes that he, that he was narcissistic enough to think that, oh, I have to be stopped is, it, is just inherently like like bad it's just it's a very selfish way of thinking well i think that's kind of the point of his character personally yeah furthermore i did say that i'm not trying to say that at the end of the day he could actually be forgiven like he did sink a titan i i don't think you actually forgive that anybody is arguing that malos is a good person in his core i think the i think what I don't think the Malos that we're presented with is a good person. I think my yeah. my argument is here are examples of his behavior could have been a different way. Here are blades where we can see that their behavior is very clearly influenced by their driver. Malos could have therefore been a different way. Okay. Well, I'll address some of those points on I guess when I get to my main argument. Yes. And in fact, it's your turn actually. All right. So I'm going to get this out of the way just because when I was doing my playthrough, um, Malos didn't officially hit my shit list until he killed Vandom. Vandom was far and away my favorite character. Uh, the moment I met him, I like, I just was like, Oh my God, this, this guy is fucking awesome. And I love him. And there isn't a single thing about Vandem that I don't like. I actively, I, I, I saw the opportunity to take Tora out of my party and put Vandem in, and I just, I loved the dynamic that Vandem brought to the party. So when they killed him, the writers killed him and had Malos do it, all of my ire was directed at Malos. So, and that's a good thing, because up until that point, from the moment they introduce Malos, he's just a dick. There's no other way to put it. He's just an asshole. Like, from the moment he meets Rex and says, oh, let me just take a few swings at this kid to test if he's capable or not. Like, like who fucking does that? This kid's offered to help you, and you're going to take swings at him? Like, dick move. Anyway, so the moment they introduce Malos, he very much reads as, like, like this... this better than you bully and uh he just that's the way he read to me until he killed vandem and then i was like oh okay well now he's actually just some kind of like sociopathic monster um and the more i found out about him the more i kind of started to like double down on that opinion um so i'm gonna kind of be jumping uh 
all over the place, uh, so I'm going to apologize in advance for that, but uh, I'm going to start with Minoth. Uh, Minoth, yes, was summoned by Amalthus earlier before Malos. I don't necessarily know or if I agree that if at any point Amalthus was a different person, I, I from what I saw of Torna and what I saw of Amalthus in, in game, it just Amalthus read to me as always having been kind of like like deep down, just kind of being this very deep seated, like power hungry, control mongering dickhead, and um, very power hungry, which I, you know, he summons Minoth, and Minoth is nothing like Amalthus, um. So I acknowledge the possibility that that Amalthus could have changed because people do change. And part of my argument is that people do change. Uh, so, but I would like to just go ahead and point out that, that Minoth is, Minoth and Malos are nothing alike. It is a damn shame. We never get to see the two of them really have an interaction um, because they are both Amalthus's blades. And it would have been very interesting to see that dynamic. Um, Another thing is, going back to something that B said, uh, the Blades do seem to have, like, these core personality traits. Uh, Malos very much seems to enjoy what he does. When he, at one point, um, I think it's shortly after he kills, uh, kills Vandom, he says, he mocks the party and says, you should see the looks on your faces. Like, he's loving this. He's, he, he's having a blast. The time of his life being a bad guy and he's yeah he's just a very like he he knows that what he is doing is bad he knows that what he there's there's no like there's no, there's no in the back of his mind i don't think that malos at any point is thinking this is for the best i think he legitimately like just enjoys doing what he knows other people deem wrong uh also amalthus kind of like to me reads as somebody who wants control he enjoys being the head of the uh the the end all um the end all titan uh, praetor the end all praetorium he enjoys being the head of that you know very powerful organization that oversees blade distribution throughout the all the entirety of the world so amalthus is very much like one of the most power, if most powerful, if not the most powerful person on all rest that, you know, is tangible, unlike the architect. So you have this man who enjoys power and enjoys control. Malos wants genocide and you cannot control what doesn't exist. And Amalthus, towards the end of the game, reveals that his master plan the entire time has been going to meet the architect. The way I read it was is that Amalthus wants to become the architect because he knows that the architect is the only power greater than him still. So that's how I read Amalthus. And Malos, on the other hand, wants to destroy everything. So there's a little bit of a clash in motive. Between Amalthus and Malo for me. Um, 
This next point I'm going to make does rely on a bit of speculation, so I'm putting out that disclaimer. In Xenoblade Chronicles 1, we're introduced to this character named Albus. Um, the architect in Xenoblade 2 tells us that there were three, you know, cores or three, like, you know, key central parts of, of this massive computer system. Trinity processor system. Yes, the Trinity processor system. Thank you. The Aegis... That is Malos. I believe he was Logos. Um, yes. He is Logos is one part. Albus is an Albus. I speculate is another, and then Pyra and Mithra, or rather Numa. Um, Numa is the third. The Trinity of of these three is that I I, I kind of feel like there's a balance that's maintained between them. Numa being good, Albus being neutral as an art sort of like as an arbitrator between the two and then malos or logos uh being the one that is you know evil the dark so you have good neutral and evil and with those three in place in a form of a triad thematically i feel like there's a balance that is maintained um and that would kind of like mandate that malos be evil by nature. In addition to that, speaking about the architect real fast, I do want to point out that Malos and Mithra, they are not like most blades. Um, if the the summoning thing does have an impact on personality, I would argue that there's a probably a very good chance that that doesn't apply to those two in particular the aegises in particular because they were created directly by the architect and i suspect that they have a distinct personality from the get-go um my evidence for this is actually the fact that mithra is nothing like adam like when you are playing torna i don't see any of Adam in Mithra. Mithra is full of herself, she's overconfident, and she is very just like, you know, I am the Aegis, I'm better than than everyone else. Whereas Adam is humble, he is friendly, he is uh, caring, and he's, he's very, you know, outgoing. Um, in a way, they're almost opposites of each other. So, over time, Mithra changes, obviously, but at no point would I say that Mithra becomes like Adam. Uh, so, because Mithra and Adam are not that similar, I would also argue that whatever impact Amalthus would have had on another blade that he could have summoned, I don't think that he has that impact on Malos. Um, so, yeah, sorry. Like I said, I'm jumping around a bunch. Let me just jump back to where I was going to be. Um, Malos acts like a spoiled child and bully at times, uh, and it very it feels very much like to be like a like a like a nature thing because Amalthus really doesn't act like a like a bully or a spoiled child. Amalthus is evil; he's pure evil, yes, but he is cold. He is calculating. He is reserved. He doesn't outwardly relish in other people's suffering. Um. He, he internalizes all of that, and Malos is very much not capable 
of doing this. So, <clears throat> the both of them are bad, but they're, they're, you know, they display it very differently. Uh, let's see. Uh, so the final moment with Jin, um, I feel like if Malos, like, had any redeeming quality throughout the game, it was, it was kind of like his relationship with Jin, but the more I sat, after I finished the game, the more I sat and thought about it, it felt to me like more that Malos corrupted Jin, and was using Jin like a tool the entire time. He let Jin take charge because that gives Jin the illusion of control, the illusion of power, and that Jin is making his own decisions when in reality, Malos has manipulated him into just following his objective. When Malos leaves Jin's side for the last time, it is at this point where Malos has effectively already won. He needs to walk up to a giant robot, turn it on, and blow up the world. Um, <clears throat> if he really cared about Jin, I don't think that Malos would have let him stay there to die. I feel like he would have stayed to help Jin fight, to save Jin. But Jin at this point was a tool that was breaking. So he gives him a hug, yes, but the the meaningfulness behind it could have just as easily been for Malos saying, you know, you are a good tool, and now you will rest. Um, all the times that Malos expresses concern for Jin, I read it as because Malos is depending on Jin to help him achieve his goals. He knows he cannot do this without Jin and the support of the or of Torna, the organization. Um. And in addition to that, Malos repeatedly took advantage of people in pain and sort of indoctrinated him to his side. You're, you're suff he starts it with Jin. You're suffering. You're suffering because this world sucks. And there's nothing redeemable about this world. It should be destroyed. And then Jin, in turn, does the same with every other flesh eater, every other blade that he gets his hands on. So, ultimately, Malice is like this source of corruption, this corrupting thought that the other uh, characters in this game kind of, like, fall victim to. A lot of them, good people, like you, like, we're introduced to uh, Mikhail in Torna, and he's a kid. He gets tortured by Amalthus later on. And that builds like this deep resentment for him, and he ends up working for Malos. I don't think that if Jin had been corrupted by Malos, I don't think Jin would have convinced Mikhail that the world needed to be destroyed. I don't think that any of the and not to mention, without Malos's like influence over Jin, there is no way that Laura would have wanted Jin to do a a, a one hundredth of what he did <clears throat> and I do think that it is really because of Malice's ability to to take advantage of people in pain that that happened that all of this happened um and speaking of the Laura and Hayes thing I was uh, I mentioned this a while ago um and this has come up during this debate 
I do think that the Laura Hayes thing is a bit of a coincidence because I feel like that's one of the only instances of that like really coming up. And I think that Hayes and Laura being similar to each other, like they didn't like to me, like looking at them in game, they didn't look that similar to me. And that's you, buddy. they didn't act that similar. Like, I feel like that's that that's kind of more of a coincidence to to uh, um, anything, and it's something that the characters in game kind of put stock in, a red herring, so to speak. Uh, and then finally, this is my last point: blades have proven that they could change over time if they are around long enough, just like people. Um, when Mithra was summoned, she was. Very much not a great, you know, person. I've explained already what Mithra was like. But after the Torna trauma sinks in, she changes a lot. Like, she is almost completely different in the main game than she is in Torna. And that's because she has been around for a very long time. And she has seen a lot. And she went so far, go, went so far as to create Pyra to help her cope with what happened. Malice walks the earth for 500 years and his goal of destroying everything never changes. It, it remains constant despite the fact that he literally walked amongst people and had every opportunity to see the people suffering and think maybe there's another way to go about making this better as opposed to just ending it all. And I feel like that alone, this, his unwillingness to change, is really what solidifies his his darkness, his internal darkness, his 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 evilness on you know as part of his character, as opposed to uh, as opposed to um, you know it, it really being an influence from Amalthus and. Uh, I, looking over my notes, I think that's everything. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Do I get to object now? <clears throat> you may object to anything you'd like. Hey, 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 that is my job to say. Sorry. Yes, you may go on. Okay. <laughs> uh, objections. All right. <laughs> Objection! All right, so a few points here. Do do do. Let's let's just jump out the ones that the the one that I'm forever going to defend. The last person that Jin formed a tight relationship with was Laura, and her last words to him were essentially, "You are not allowed to die ever." That Malos's reaction to Jin like going, "I'm gonna stay here, and I know I'm going to lose," was to just hug him and let him die, is very romantic it's you can rest now you have done enough you're good i don't need to be remembered i don't need you around you have done everything we're, we're good like malos is the first person to let Jin die in the game well because he didn't need him anymore like, you can die it now. could be because he didn't need him anymore but that doesn't change the gesture of I'm letting you do this. It's okay now. You can rest. That's that's a that's a fair point. I would counter that point by saying though that I feel like Malos would have recognized that 
If that's the case, and Malice recognized that Jin needed to die, I feel like Malice would have recognized that a long time ago and would have let Jin go a long time ago and given him permission to die and found another way to move forward with his plans. If but the thing was, they weren't his Jin. plans. They were Jin's plans. See, that's, and that's an interesting point that you bring up because you argue that a lot of of Jin's plans were Jin's plans. I argue that they were only Jin's plans because Malice put those ideas in his head. Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I'm letting Jin have agency because the other point that you make is Malice has walked the earth for 500 years. False. He was not exactly dead, but effectively in a coma for a bunch of those because of the damage to his core. He only hopped around fairly recently. That's why all the stuff with Torna the organization is fairly recent. It was only fairly recent that they all got together and got amassed this power. So, no, Malos has not been around for that long. Similarly, Mithra, when she first is awakened in the base game, is about the same very bitchy self that she was in Torna because she's been asleep. So... No! <laughs> Blatantly false. And also, Mithra did have the added help of changing by giving herself Pyra, which Malos, possibly because of the damage to the, his core, couldn't do, or didn't do. He didn't make soft Malos. He <laughs> just had himself. One of these days, I would like to do, an, uh, do, to do a discussion, kind of like a deep dive into... Pyra and Mithra, like as a whole, because I do find that the entirety of Mithra creating Pyra and the two of them are the same, but at the same time, so wildly different. Is I think that's a thing where it will help you if you play more Xeno games, just to like, because it's a thing Takahashi does a lot. So, ah, okay, that's good to know. Yes, um, people have compared it to even. Fae, Other things. Xenogears. Just yes. like one example of that. Yeah. It's it's a common thing, so uh, it's not that you, you need to do that to have the discussion, it's just that if you have the discussion on this chat, you'll be having it with people who are going to have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that written down as an idea. That yeah. being said, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to do a deep dive on Pyro, that's that is absolutely oh, yeah. Yeah, a valid thing to do. There's a lot to talk about with Pyro. Yeah. Um, let's see. Do, do, do. All right. Uh, going back to, well, Mithra doesn't act like um, Adam. Okay, well, you already said Malos doesn't act like a Malthus, so okay. Um, right. But, I mean, I don't... However, if we're taking to the, the point of what did they want at the time that they were awakening them, at the time of awakening, Amalthus wanted somebody to help him destroy everything. Well, if, if we take that as fact, or, or just go with that assumption, then how Malos behaves is fine. And if we assume that what Adam was looking for was, I need a hero to save everyone, Mithra appearing and being arrogant is still fine. Hold on. I, I think I heard B trying to say something. Okay, yeah. Um, Amalthus was trying to go to the architect. Yes. But then he gets... But why? Well, he just wanted to talk to him about how the world is and what the world is. And how can it be fixed? How can it be saved? 
and then to awaken malice at that time and malice's reaction is destroy it all it doesn't make sense like if if we're saying that Amalthus is leeching on to uh, sorry if malice is leeching on to Amalthus reasoning like you know that that's a little bit extreme for being just awakened and following orders and also to your point of um to your point of that malos is uh responding to amalthus's needs sort of like how mithra is responding to adam's needs i i feel like we have to be we have to settle on an argument here is it this, is it the driver's personality or is it the driver's desires that influence the blade? Because if we're arguing that Malos is the oh. way he is because of Amalthus's personality, then that's one thing. But if we're arguing that he's the way he is because of Amalthus's needs, that's different. Yeah, and we have the example with uh, Minoth as well completely different than Melos. Yes, but he was also awakened at a different point. Does but I think matter. that, no, we the personalities clearly are not 100% reflected in any way, and all of this is just influence. Like, the blades in the story don't make sense if we say the personality comes from like, the, the uh, driver, because uh, who asked for Azami? I love Azami. Who asked for her? Um... <laughs> I, I, I summoned her, but I never used her, so I really don't know anything about Azami. She gave me nightmares. I love Azami. She's, she's one of my favorites. She's very obsessive over her driver. Mm-hmm. So that can come off as very weird if you happen to have her on Rex. Oh, so she's she's Tharja. Got it. Sure. It's a Fire Emblem reference for all you Fire Emblem homies out there. I, I got it. I got the reference. I enjoyed it. Yay! That's why we're on the same team. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, good points all around. Um, it, it really is. A lot of this is gonna really be how you how you take things away, how you interpret actions, intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, obviously, and yes. and I I can't necessarily say that I agree with with the op- opposing sides but i do understand their points um there's <laughs> there are definitely arguments to be made on both sides it's just when i was playing the game malos to me read as this irredeemable scumbag that enjoyed being a dick and hurting yeah. people and yeah. <laughs> maybe it's because i feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe I've it hit it hit close to home to me because I felt like I've encountered people like I, I feel like everyone has a malos in their lives or has had a malos in their lives at one point, whether it was when you were growing up in school and you're you're looking at your your school bully that was bigger than you and and could say whatever they wanted to you and there was nothing you can do because for whatever reason the world seemed to side against you. Or if it's, you know, a customer at a job that, you know, comes back and just gives you shit every time or it's your boss or it's, it's something like that. Like, I feel like, like there's so like, like at one point in our lives, we all have someone who hurts us and does so unremorsefully. 
And that to me is what Malice reminded me of. He, he very much filled that archetype of someone who causes pain and does so because they enjoy it. Um, but if you didn't read him that way, then that's totally fine. It's just, that's how Malos read to me. And, you know, playing, playing the game as recently as I have, a lot of this is still very fresh in my mind that I, that like, I still remember, I think, I think a lot of it is, it's how Malos made me feel. Yeah. It's, and you got that right. Like as soon as he killed Vandam, like you mentioned, it was, it was like, you asshole, I'm going to kill you. Like I've played a lot of games where I've played a lot of games where the villain does terrible things, but they do them remorsefully. They are a that they are doing these things because these terrible things, not because they enjoy it, but because they truly do believe that this is going to be something that ultimately results in what's best for everyone. I didn't get that from Malos. I got from Malos. I got. Yeah, I'm gonna kick the shit out of everyone I come across, and I'm going to enjoy it because the, because I'm bigger than they are, and they can't stop me. Okay, um, my, I mean, blah blah blah. Yes, obviously, this is a debate. I thought this would just be a lot of the times when we have episodes, we all tend to agree with each other. So I thought it would be very interesting to have an episode where we don't. So, but I also yeah, I kind of like this. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this, yes. but um, I'm also not going to take the time to preface this with like the "ooh, you're valid" part because yes, this is, is a video game. I literally don't care about your opinion on about a video game. Exactly. Like so, um, but uh, the gameplay is such an emphasis on drivers and blades and their relationship and the effect that a driver can have on a blade and all of that, that to come away from the whole thing going, Amalthus was nothing, seems wrong. Mm-hmm. So, I'm placing stock in that, that, okay, this is how you told me the story I'm engaging with the world you gave me. And similar to, we've all had a person who's remorselessly just a dick, and we don't know why, we've probably had people in our life who when we look back, we're like, why the fuck did you make me do that? And why did I agree? And yes, people should be mad at me for doing that because it was terrible, even if I didn't think so at the time. I think, too, a lot of it is that um, with Malas, like a lot of people under Torna followed him because he is the Aegis. Like, he's seen things. He's been around for a long time. Yeah, that the, the word him. Aegis does carry a lot of weight. It absolutely right? does. Yeah. So you're saying that like a lot of like Torna's followers are thinking, oh well, he's Aegis, so he, he must, must know, know what he's things. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We never see that though. We never see them give us flying fuck. Well, you see it with the Mithra side, like, oh, Rex is Yeah, we see it from, from we see people caring about Mithra. We don't see Torna giving a shit about Malos' status. Again. Other yeah, than like, hey, he's the boss. I mean, it's even implied. then Jen is the boss. So yeah, Jin's the boss. Even, yeah, yeah. It's 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 interesting that that Jin is viewed as as the boss by you guys, because the thing is is that Jin, Jin and Malos, kind of read to me as a fifty fifty split with the leadership. 
I didn't, I never really, initially I read Malos as a lackey, but the more I played and the more I like was looking at things, I at least kind of started to read it, as, read Torna's organization of like Jin and Malos kind of 50-50 lead it, lead it. Like it's like this mutual partnership where one, where no one person has absolute power over the other. But again, my interpretation. They just they, there is there are scenes of Malos deflecting to Jin. Well, sure, because if you if you don't know what to do, and you're yeah, not sure right. you're not sure what the best course of action to take is, you're not going to give the wrong answer when you know your partner probably knows what the best thing to do would be. So yeah, but it's it's still it's there. We don't see Jin deflecting to Malos. Well, I'm I'm gonna throw a little curveball your way and say that it's Malice is asking Jin about that is because Jin had a driver that he cared for versus Malos did not. Interesting. Yes. Yes. That's in, that's an interesting point. Yeah, because whenever um, like Malice was asking Jin about some, it was against the drivers and the blades. Whereas Malice didn't really necessarily take that approach when he was, you know, I, I just throwing it out there. It, it could be a thought from the left ball, curve ball, sport. No, I see what you're. I see. I definitely see what you're saying with that because you're thinking that in some ways, because Jin had a driver that he cares about, Malice is more likely to listen to him because Jin knows something. Jin has had experiences yes. that Malice has not had. And there, that, just, therefore he's willing, and therefore okay. he's willing to listen to Jin more because, in some ways, Jin is more experienced than Malos. Yes, that is what I meant. Thank you for turning my words into logical sense. Yeah, it it, it took me a second, but yeah, I I got what you were saying there. To be fair, I only had two coffees today instead of four, so please forgive me. I haven't. Oh, jeez, go get more coffee. I haven't had any coffee today. <laughs> You don't drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. My body produces caffeine. That's the blessing of having ADHD. Oh, there you go. Well, I definitely think before we wrap up, to the extent that we're wrapping up, we need to hear Tyler and Justin's genuine opinions. So what I yeah, I say, am curious. Why don't you want to both of you offer yeah. your thoughts as well? Yeah, I, I, what I was going to say, I wanted, to, I wanted to actually... Let Justin I, speak! Yes. <laughs> I wanted to actually say something about how we're implying that Malos is willing to listen to Jen because he's had that connection with a driver. Um, I feel like if Malos really is just this person who just doesn't care or causes destruction, that shouldn't factor into why he would listen to Jin. He wouldn't care about that. Like, at all. And I feel like if that is, in fact, a reason why he's willing to listen to Jin, then that goes into Malos potentially reflecting on his actions and maybe discovering, hey, you know, maybe I, I can I can experience some sort of empathy here. It might not be to the degree that he should, but it's there nonetheless. I guess if, if we're going to read it that way, that's just something I wanted to say. That is a good point. Uh, the only thing I would say to that is, is that actions speak louder than words. And in some ways he does 
towards the very end of the game act right. somewhat remorseful. But I feel like if he was feeling that way, then his actions would have been a little different. Also, he, he would be aware of that if you kill the driver, the blade goes back into the core crystal, only to be awaiting to be awakened again by another driver. So he couldn't exactly recruit them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know what another interesting topic would be for an episode, now that I think about it? Flesh Eaters. Ooh. I think because I feel like the game did not go into that nearly enough. The, the problem I have with doing flesh eaters as a topic is your is what you just said. The game does not go into that enough. So I feel like because of that, that topic is going to be mostly speculative. Yeah, and speculation's fun. Isn't that fun? If that's yeah, what you want. Speculation's fun. Yeah, team okay. fun. That, that's team fun. fun. Team All fun. Right. All right, all right. So, if, uh, we, and, and like, just, yeah, we would just obviously put a disclaimer out there saying, like, yeah, well, no, yeah, what exactly. we're talking about is a hundred percent speculative. We are in no way, shape, or form like like saying this is canon. This is the, Takahashi confirmed this. Like, no, yeah. it would be. Okay. It, I just wanted would, to. I just wanted to point that out. That's that's probably my biggest concern with that specific topic. Is yeah, it is going to be purely oh. speculative if we do that, and I literally. Just added it to the spreadsheet. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh, I was gonna yeah, say I'm, um, I'm putting it on the the uh, chat channel right now, but you beat me to it, so never mind. Yeah, yeah, because that that's one of those things. It is you can read the flesh eaters in so many different ways. I've seen it interpreted in so many different ways online in terms of how it even works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it's yeah. it's really it's like it's really sad because like one of the things that turns Jin into such a like like a bad person you we in when we're seeing him in Torna we see we see a, a like a genuine good person yes and he is twisted and he's twisted by two things one is Malos the other one is Laura's dying wish and. I guarantee you, if Laura knew the consequences of what her dying wish was, she would never have said it. Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it is, and it's so, so, I would say that, that Jin's fall is probably one of the most heartbreaking aspects of the entirety of Xenoblade 2 as a whole, because it was a fall that is born out of love. And that, it, that to me is just something that is one of the reasons why Malice is such an irredeemable monster is because directly or indirectly, he takes advantage of that fall. He takes advantage yep. of, of those feelings and like, He's he just a master manipulator. Yeah, he is. And it's funny because when you look at, at face value, Malice doesn't seem that manipulative. He seems like just like a dickhead that just says that just like mocking people and whatnot. I'm just going to say that the manipulate him being manipulative is your interpretation. Yeah. I mean, okay, that's fair, but I, at the very least, I view Malice as manipulative because like I said, directly or indirectly, he does take advantage of people's pain. He's a bad dude. Amalthus. And, and this kind of goes against my, 
this goes against my argument here because this is a similar. I'm, I'm pointing out a similarity between Malice and, and Amalthus here, but Amalthus also takes advantage of people's pain. Yes, he does. Yeah, but we we see that. Yeah, we absolutely see that. Yeah, like that's inarguable. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. See, the thing that I find particularly interesting about um, Malice is that I think it's easy for us to see it as manipulative as we're, you know, watching this from the sidelines, essentially. But I, I actually believe that Malos isn't necessarily trying to manipulate Jin, but rather their goals do in fact align. It might, it might not be he intended to manipulate Jin. But I, he like he 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 did it right. He obviously did it, but I don't necessarily think it was an intentional thing. I think it was their goals genuinely aligned in that specific moment, and he caught Jin at the perfect moment. And that's one of the things that makes Malos terrifying to me is that he actually didn't need to manipulate them. He just gave them an objective that just happened to align with what they already wanted, and they ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's, he was in that's the not he manipulation. Yeah, it's not. That's that's my that's exactly <laughs> that's my, my point. <laughs> my point is that it's gonna seem like manipulation to us because we're seeing it from the sideline, but he didn't have to do it. You could argue that it was a subconscious thing, but that's not what he did. I mean, at any point Malice could have turned around and told Jin, like, listen, I want to destroy the world. Do you really want this? Because last time we met you were trying to stop me fighting tooth and nail with everything you had. Like, are you sure this is what you really want? But, and again, this is one of the game's biggest weaknesses. As much as they show us the relationship between Jin and Malos, as much as they show us of, of Torna and what happened 500 years ago, as much as they show us the one thing that I really, really would have liked to see more of, is what happens after Malos and Jin meet in that alley in the rain? What is, you know, how did they take their first steps together? I wanted to see more of that beginning dynamic of them working together. I never got that. And I feel like that would have added so much more depth to both of them. And Jin is already... You know the the what's the name of that trench in the ocean that's like the deepest trench? Like like I was gonna say Marinara Trench, but that's not it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, whatever. Somebody can look it up and, and tell me what it is. But but Jin is already like that deep. Okay, it yeah. would have given Malos a lot more depth, and I would have really liked to see that. And uh, I, I really do think that that's probably one of the biggest shames about the entire like story is as, as, as thorough as the game is at times that is really something that i feel like it really fell short on because we don't get to see how Jin takes his first steps you know uh, you know let me ask you and be a question and you can ask me the same in turn okay if completely uncharacteristically takahashi came out and he said Yes, my intent 100% was to say that had Malos been awoken by even a frog, he would have been a cool guy. Like, really, just this is all on a Malthus. Malos, good guy. How would that, would that make you like the character less? 
or more. So that's a very, very interesting question. And I'm glad you asked it. Thank you. Um, If Takahashi came out and confirmed that Malos was actually, you know, at his core, a good person that was twisted and corrupted by a mouth is summoning him or drawing him or whatever the process is called Uh, bonding. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then I would actually change my opinions. I would look at Malos and probably like if I were to like go and through the game again, knowing that after Takahashi confirms it, I'd be looking for those signs of, you know, of what Takahashi has said there and looking for where Malos is, uh, is, you know, you know, I get, it's hard to, to describe what I'd be looking for, but I would forgivable. I would be, Let's say forgivable. Yeah, I would be looking for for moments where I I could find some sort of redemption in or redeemable qualities in Malos. I would be. I feel like you'd probably it. be looking at the scene where he hugs Jin in a different light, or the way he talks to Rex towards the end. You'd yeah. probably be looking at that in a different light, looking would, at the way he talks. Would it make you like the character less? Well, here's the thing. I I would, in a way, I would understand and respect and accept that that's Takahashi's canon and that's the truth and that's what it is. On the other hand, I would hate for him to fucking come out and do that because that takes all the fun out of all of it. Oh, he would never. Don't worry. He would never. I would take like one like like wait, 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 wait. Let me go ahead. Oh, no, okay. you finish your thought first. Uh, it's a little bit of a tangent, very small tangent, but one of the reasons why, as much as I enjoy the gameplay of Metal Gear Solid Five, one of the things I don't like about it as much as I do is because they literally explain away the entire, like all the mysteries of the franchise in in that game. If they did that with Xenoblade Two, I would, I would just be so upset because a lot of the fun of these games is the mystery, is the is the not knowing and having all the answers so you can enga- do exactly what we're doing now, engage in speculative discourse about it and look at other people's viewpoints and, and co- co- sort of come away from these conversations with different perspectives and all the more whole for it. Yeah. And, and where I'll jump in is I would not think of him any different than I do now, just because the evidence like, Amalthus wanted to control the world by taking out the architect. Malus wanted to destroy it. And um, Amalthus had a whole bunch of other blades. Like he had control over like Haze and, and uh, Minoth and, and all these other blades. And they didn't share the same views as Amalthus did. Like Haze was kind of just whatever they call it. It's actually really interesting, but yeah, I think well, they, get... it was like a messenger. Let's put it that way. She was like a messenger, but yeah, under his control a little bit, but didn't have any ill will. But I, I still think that Malus was just like, if he were to come out and say, Hey, it's because of El Malus. I'm like, I, I still don't, I don't, I don't see that. Like they're just two separate, two different reasons and two different pathways of evil that they're demonstrating. Okay, so it would be a case of you clearly didn't write this well because I definitely didn't get that. Yep. All right. 
Yeah, and I mean, I kind of agree with B there. I would go back. I would try to look for the things. I would try to change my perspective. I've played but, it twice. But I don't know. But I can't guarantee you that I would change my perspective. Like, that's the thing. I my initial my initial reactions to malice and the way and the way malice made me feel you know are going to remain with me and i would and i would try to change my opinions i would try to see things from what takahashi tried to show me in that scenario i cannot promise that it would work it it could very well be something where i walk away from it saying man if that was takahashi's intention he did a shit job of showing it yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess my question is more like, how how do you feel about him as a villain, and how does that influence your interpretation? Because I know for myself, if I was told no, he was supposed to be completely irredeemable and just a piece of garbage doo doo man, I'd kind of find him boring. Like I need to find yeah, oh, a sort of absolutely. softer way of reading him, or it's just dull to me. And so, like, that's my stance on. Like that's going to absolutely influence how I'm seeing things because I'd want to like the character, so I'm going to interpret things in ways that make me like him more. And as opposed to like let's say, I don't know, Dixon, where my interpretations of things I go, this is out of left field and play based on nonsense that I just pulled from the ether because I want to. This is something where I felt very like the narrative was saying, Yeah, you got this. You're doing good, kid. But uh, yeah, if, if for me, if Takahashi came out and said Malos is supposed to be a complete piece of shit, I would definitely like the character less. And that's a totally valid take um, because you want to see a more complicated villain there. For me, I get a more complicated villain from Jin, and I feel like it's more about Jin than it is Malos. Like, I feel like how do I explain this? I feel like there's an interesting dynamic to be presented there when you have this league of villains. Okay. This, this, this legion of doom and mm-hmm. you, you have one of them who is heartbroken, hurting and is hurting people because he is hurting. And then you also have this, total piece of like walking garbage who is just an irredeemable piece of shit and you have the two of them side by side working together i to to me that dynamic as a whole is much more interesting than two you know people who are you know two people who are hurting others because they are hurting or one is you know twisted by a malthus or what have you like that's yeah, that's that's part of why I was asking though, because it was a how much of your enjoyment of what you perceive is also clouding how you're perceiving it. That was basically the question. Sure. And also, I will go. Oh shit, we forgot to ask Tyler his opinions. Yeah, no, I I, I didn't forget. I, I was going to go back, to Tyler. I no, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that. Yes. So, do you want to go into that now? Tyler does not have opinions. No, 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 no. Um. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it, I think, um, because the about this went through a lot of trauma throughout his life, and I think that trauma built to a a a, a point 
um, and not exactly. Um, ugh, I'm not wording this right. Ugh. The spirit of Feeny has left me. Um, <laughs> well, you're you're not giving the spirit of Feeny. You're exactly. just giving the spirit of Tyler. You're no longer uh, cosplaying Feeny. No, you're no, you're fine. Um, but I just feel like the the trauma that Amalthus feels and his the hatred he felt, um, it became so palpable that it, it affected Malos and I. I can see both sides of this debate, but I I feel like just how much Amalthus suffered and also the suffering he did on other people could also be a valid source of Malos's rage and hate as well. Even if Malos himself does not have that trauma, it's being channeled into him. And um, that's um, that's my take. Okay. Totally totally a valid take um and there are no invalid yeah there are no invalid takes like i cannot Mm -hmm. i want to walk away from this (laughs) with that in my like like i just want to stress this enough i might disagree with Mm -hmm. with some of your takes and some of how you look at it i am not saying that you're wrong yeah that is not the point of this episode yeah and that's that's the beauty of this game is that it is up to the player's interpretation. Like you can yes. go any way you want, and that's the beauty of it. And to those of you listening in, you can disagree with these folks. Hell, I encourage you to yell at this podcast as you're listening to it and debate it and think, oh no, I disagree with what Anthony says. Oh no, I disagree with what Robin said. And really kind of come up with your own opinion on this thing. Because I think it's cool. I think it's cool to look at our media, think about it, hear other mm-hmm. opinions. But of course, yeah. don't take any single opinion as fact. It's not. Mm-hmm. Right? This is just how we all interpret it. Exactly. It's, uh, yeah. it's just... <laughs> Fandom is, is, is interesting because... Cool. When you when you like something and you feel passionate about something enough, uh, you could view other people's opinions that differ than you as a form of attack on you, yep. and that's not what it is. Never think that just because someone disagrees with you uh, that that inherently is an attack on what you yeah. think and and on you as a person. It's not. You just you had a, you you both shared an experience. And you walked away with differing opinions on it. It's yeah. nothing more than that. As a matter of fact, discourse like this is part of what makes you know life so great. Is because you can, you could, two people can have the same exact experience and walk away from it with completely different thoughts on it. And through discourse, we share our perspectives on on these things and it helps us understand one another better. So don't look at differing opinions as attacks. Look at them as look at them as means of enriching yourself. That's what they are. 
And when I say, you know, listen to this episode and, you know, de- try to debate with the episode yourself, I mean that in the sense that I hope people listening to this will reflect on Malos, will take these different viewpoints into account. And hopefully that might make them appreciate the character a little bit more. Make sure uh, you yeah, look on it, man. Okay, before Anthony says stupid things, um, I, I would love to do this with like another character. Um, as I said earlier, I, I did think it was just... Malos is a character that a lot of us have differing opinions yeah. on, whereas, you know, if I throw out a character like Billy Lee Black, most of us are going to go, sweet baby boy did nothing wrong. <laughs> and that's going to be the end of it. There's the episode. A whole episode of sweet baby boy did nothing wrong. And it's just less interesting, whereas, like, the Elma episode or the Xion episode where, mm-hmm. you know, we have, in, like, here are two ways of looking at this character. It's just, it's much more interesting. Yeah, I, in particular, like the Xion episode because that actually helped me to appreciate Xion a little bit more. Even if I don't yeah. fully agree with everything that was said on it, I, it, it, I left that episode thinking, you know what? I get what they were doing with Xion a lot better. And I can appreciate her more. And I can't stress to you how important that is. That That is entirely why discourse like this is so important. Because when we are able to not necessarily change each other's minds about stuff, but at least, um, you know, explain and make each other aware of how we're feeling, it makes it so much easier for all of us to understand each other. Right. And makes but us the better as people. Parts, sorry to talk. Sorry. To oh, you're good. You're good. But the important, the important thing you need to do when it comes to this and not just in debate situations, just in fandom, when you're talking on Twitter is you have oh. to be willing to listen to the other person. All right. Because a lot of people, and I see this online all the time, hell, I'm sure a lot of us have even been guilty of it at one point or another. You get into a discussion, you have your opinion, and you're just, you have your heart set on that. You accept it as fact. You don't want to hear anything else. And you go into discussions, and people are saying this, they're screaming with you, like, no, you're wrong. How could you just, that's not what you should do. You want to go into these things with an open mind. You want to at least hear the person out or attempt to understand where they may be coming from, even if you di- ultimately disagree with it. And I, I think people need to just remember that because, again, it's one of those things we see it on Twitter all the time. People get into these arguments over really ridiculous things. Nobody's willing to budge. Nobody's willing to listen. And it just becomes a shouting match. And at the end of the day, everyone walks away angry. That. Exactly. Though to that, I will say, if you can't have a nice discussion, you're like, I I go on Twitter so everybody can tell me Billy is a nice, sweet boy who has done nothing wrong, and then you see one take saying no, just don't interact with them. Yeah. That's it, man. Just, right. just don't do it. Keep scrolling. Just go cool and move on. Yeah. So you know, if if you're well, if you're a person who you know can only hear one opinion on Malos and hearing the other opinion on Malos made you angry, you're not here anymore. Um, but you know, like, hey, if just don't interact if you can't. Like, yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But this isn't about that. I, I I feel like most of our episodes that are very opinionated, we take the time to say this is an opinion. We get it. It's an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> 
True. Yeah, I I wouldn't know. I'm going to assume that our listeners are smart, intelligent people who have heard that what who know what a debate is, who know that there are two sides, who or more sides, and know that Amalthus is a fictional character in a video game. This probably isn't the end of the world if people disagree with them. Exactly. Like that said, I'm never speaking to Anthony again. How dare you? <laughs> you're, you're exactly. Gaslighting. <laughs> At its most basic level, guys, remember, you're arguing over a fucking video game. <laughs> you're both wrong. But okay? sir, sir, video games and fandoms <laughs> are religion to some. <laughs> yeah, like that Disney couple. Uh, but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, no, we're not getting into that one. We're done here. All right, uh, Tyler, what are you working on? Oh God, no. Uh, <laughs> He's working on this as we speak. I was going to say, what? What? Oh. Did, how did we find the defendant? We didn't. We. I said we're no not going to go here. What are you talking about? Huh? What? Uh, they, 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 well, they, I was. Court is a all y'all guilty. Game. There you go. Everybody say, guilty. I was just gonna say uh, I we, find him. I find Malos gay. Malos gay. Yes. Uh, oh, y'all gay. There you go. I, I, find, I was uh, just gonna. The, this court finds Malos guilty of being thick with twenty five C's and sentences him to one night alone with gin. <laughs> Speaking of gin, what were you saying? Yes, exactly what Anthony said. I the verdict <laughs> is he's thick. That's 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 the verdict. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we can, uh, yeah, this has been fun. This is definitely a different kind of episode, but it's, it's good. It's a good it's one. Good. It's a good yeah. one. We, we should yeah. definitely, yeah, look into this in the future. I had um, a lot of fun. Gonna... I had a lot of fun. Thank you for this. Yes. Thanks right. for joining us. Um, I'm not going first because I've never gone first. So, Justin, what do you want to oh, share? No. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? He always, he always to me. To go first. So, um, <laughs> we were talking about Malice deflecting. Here we go. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so we just wrapped up the Poyothon and the Kirby Poyo! Ride and Kirby, hey, Kirby Star Allies playthrough should probably be up soonish whenever sam is able oh to no it's already that. up oh great it is already up for you to watch cool so that's there as far as other things i'm working on i am working on a project that i don't think i can reveal yet it does involve zeno secret project you secret and your project. secret projects secret project secret yes i was doing project. some recording for that so um hopefully the it, it's going to be multi-part, so hopefully the first part will be available in the near future. It, it's it's going to be a good one. It's it's a good one. I, I think a lot of you will enjoy it. Yay! But um, yeah. So that's that's coming up. Otherwise, I've been just like watching some stuff. I was rewatching some. I was watching this one movie called Oko's In last night. Highly recommended. It's on Netflix. Definitely. Give that a watch. I've also been playing all sorts of games. I know we just did the Rockman Day stream where I revisited Mega Man Maverick Hunter X, and that was a blast. I have so much fun playing that again. And right now, the Steam Next Fest is up, so I just downloaded a whole bunch of demos, and I'm going to be 
playing some of those and it's gonna be a ton of fun to play those games i always look forward to that will you be streaming them on the channel uh i don't know about streaming them on the channel but i'm definitely gonna be playing them and possibly streaming them in the discord okie dokie <laughs> but uh okay. yeah that's what's been going on with me nice all right uh, oh actually you... one more thing i can oh, talk about yeah it's something that anthony's probably gonna talk about as well but um for even though I don't think this episode is going to be up by the time this happens, Anthony and I will be at too many games in like another week. I think yeah, it I think is next week. It, no, it's not this Saturday. It's next Saturday. Yeah, so Saturday next week. Yeah, so it's the twenty fifth. So, like so on the twenty twelve days from now. Yes. So uh, yeah, we'll be at too many games, and we have our tournament of voices panel. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't been to a con since 2019. So this is going to be my first convention in a long time. And uh, I don't know how I feel. (laughs) Kind of nervous. Also excited. But uh, yeah, it's hopefully it'll be a good time. I do like too many games. When I've gone there, I've always had a good experience. So I think this one will be a good experience as well. And yeah. I don't think this episode. I don't know if this episode will be up by the time that's going I think on. It but probably won't be up yet. Yeah, like, but all right, like the con will be over. But I do believe <laughs> Sam is going to record the panel, so that should be up on the Retro Roulette YouTube in the near future. So right. if you miss it, you can catch it there. Mm-hmm. All right. We need to, well, uh, we need to about... actually get that ready. By the way. <laughs> yeah, we do. Well, we get twelve minutes. Uh, you you go ahead, Anthony. You want to go next? Uh, so what am I working on? Um, I hear you're gonna be at a panel. Yeah, I am gonna be <laughs> at a panel. Uh, so I'm going to be working okay. on uh the 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 show itself um with Sam and Justin uh soon maybe tonight I don't know um and tonight. uh. uh Aside from the panel, I just beat, um, you know, I've, I've finished Future Connected. I'm now caught up on everything and anything Xenoblade. Untrue. I, yeah, that is untrue. But... Oh, that's right. The one on the Wii U that I, I like to pretend doesn't exist. Okay. It exists and it's good and you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you need to play that to understand Xenoblade. Um, okay, so I'm I'm caught, caught up on the bits of Xenoblade that actually matter. Oh! <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, let's see. Um... I also just wrapped up all the post-game content in the new Kirby game, which, if you have not played it, I am not sponsored, but I cannot urge you enough to play it. It is a delight from front to finish. It is just unbridled joy in a cartridge. Um, So, cannot stress that enough. Great game. Uh, Easy 10 out of 10 from me. Um, And... Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not really like working on any projects right now. I, I'm DM, I'm DMing a D and D game, which is going great, and I'm playing in two others. So I'm I'm a little addicted. You could say I'm a little addicted to to tabletop role play right now. 
Nothing wrong with that. All right. All right. Anything B? else? Oh, okay. um, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Who? What? No, go go, go on, B. Oh, go ahead, B. Uh, sorry. I'll, I'll be first to admit I haven't um, been playing any video games because life happened. Um, my 3D printer went down, and uh, my scooter is uh, not working right oh. now. So I, yeah, I've been a little bummed out about that. Good news is printer's back up and running. Scooter, <laughs> not so much. I'm waiting for um waiting for them to get back to me about repairs because there's only 66 kilometers on it it's not much but um uh but i have been um participating in a board game group and we've been playing a lot of uh games um decorum which is kind of like a co-op house group game i highly recommend if you want some controlled chaos co-op game um, we've also been playing one called Bear Raid, which is kind of a stock market game and really good if you want to screw up your opponents. Um, but other than that, not really any projects, just life stuff. And board games, yay. Yay. Board games are always good. Especially when you're playing with people you love. Yeah, um, I've, I've been told I've been adopted into the group because I keep winning and they keep F bombing me because I keep kicking their asses. So. You keep winning. Good. You keep winning. Don't stop. <laughs> I'll keep winning. Uh, Robin, what are you up to? Uh, let's see. I finally actually finished working on the first chapter for a thing. I have no idea how many chapters it'll be because it I'm could. trying to keep it kind of contained. What? Sorry, I said it could. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I don't have it posted publicly online yet because I was hoping that I could think of a site that isn't archive of our own to post it on, but I probably can't, so it'll probably be there. And then y'all can read it and go, this is garbage, why did you make me read this? Is it fan fiction or is it original? No, it's original. It's original. Oh, get it published, dude. Go for it. Uh, there's not, there, it's, it's like 22 pages, dude. It's It's nothing. It's a children's book. Let's go. It's not a children's book. One thing I know. Genres. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of money in children's books, so there, if you can bring it, it, it really is. is. It's a, a children's book. Like, it's not. Is anyone I mean, getting murdered? Uh, no. Then it's a children's book. We're good. <laughs> Pornography is mentioned. Pornography is mentioned. It's a young teen book. <laughs> oh goody I guess a young so. adult uh, oh, so, there we go wait so hold on so young adult alright so basically a book for babies then gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> uh, pornography yes. is mentioned once it's a young adult it's mentioned twice it's an adult <laughs> uh, I was going to have a short story that was just masturbation but <laughs> anyways go on Robin uh, title that I've been playing Chrono Cross Radical Dreamer Edition because I thought, hey, what if Fargo but in HD? Ooh. Fair. Um, that's it. Okay. All right. That's all um, of us, right? Tyler. No, because oh, yeah. Tyler yeah. is oh, right. We, we started with yeah. Tyler and then Tyler deflected. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I never know what to say at the moment. Um, I don't have too much going on. I think I might be 
have that secret same project as Justin if it's the mm-hmm. one I'm thinking about? Okay. It's in fact, the one. project. Okay. Yes. Right. Double secret. Double uh-huh. secret. It involves both of us. Um, otherwise, I don't... Let's see. Video games. I've been juggling the second great Ace Attorney game. It is really oh, good. I, I gotta get on that. Yes. Yes, you should. It's... It... Ugh. It just uses everything from the first game as it just piles it on. It's it's, it's just Ugh. so good. Um, and also I've been playing. What have I also been playing? Well, I've been playing The Last of Us Part Two, which I know is a The Last of Us Part Two. It's been okay. It's been okay, but I'm just just I'm just observing. Just observing, but it's it's been okay. It's basically a, almost a carbon copy gameplay wise of the first game. So it's just, but I, I've been enjoying it. But cool. Uh, There's um, there is a uh, a game I beat recently that I forgot to mention that I would like to just give a quick shout out to. Yeah. Uh, it's this little it's this little like not very well known game that i feel should feel does deserve a lot more attention because uh visually speaking it is one of the like most trippy cool far out there kind of games i've ever played and it's an extremely unique experience uh it's called el shaddai ascension of the metatron and it's like, is this going to be Elden Ring? <laughs> I, I, I just beat that, and um, I know Robin's probably mentioned it on here before, but he he twisted my arm into playing it. Thank you, sir, because I enjoyed it. Uh, gameplay is not going to be for everyone, but I will say that if you play it, much like Malos, you will come away, everyone will come away from it with a little something different. I did mention it because I said, oh, it's coming to Switch soon. You know, you know Tyler... Maybe we should make this an extra segment in our episodes where, like, we could just do, like, a game shout-out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of neat. Like, and today's could be El Shaddai. Oh, oh. um, Every fucking episode I'm in is going to be El Shaddai. (laughs) I forgot. Uh, It would be, like, we'll we'll have, like, one person pick a game, and we could all, like, you know, take turns on that. Wow. But, yes, Tyler? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I beat Fuga, Melodies of Steel, and that oh, yeah. that's that's a really good game. Can I uh, plug a game that's coming out a little bit later this month? Sure. Go for it. Pocky and Rocky. Yes. A little uh, bit of that, old school action right there. It is very good. I imported the Japanese version, and I loved it. It's a ton of It was fun. one of my top ten SNES games, so I am looking very greatly forward to owning a copy of that and playing the snot out of it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna really like it. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I would I would love for Justin to bring it over and for him and I to just pound it out. Interpret that how you will. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride everybody. Happy Pride Happy everybody. Pride. <laughs> From the resident straight guy. Uh, Not the only straight guy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I guess since we're all just going to say games, I guess we, moving forward, we, we could keep it to like one game, but today we'll, we'll, we'll talk about multiple games. Yeah. Um, a game that I want to personally shout out is one that came out recently. It's called Drainus. It's by, uh, I believe they're, they're known as Team Ladybug. They did 
Toho Luna Knights and also that Record of Lodos war game that came out not too long ago. This is a shoot 'em up that is just like kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think anybody knew it was in development. It just popped up one day. And this game's awesome, guys. Like the music is sick. The story is pretty interesting. The production values on it are just out of this world. And it's one of the most approachable shoot 'em ups I've ever played. Like a lot of people are gonna get intimidated, they're gonna see me play, but whoa, what the hell? How do you do this? But no, the game gives you a lot to like help you with it. It's very easy to dodge bullets. You can upgrade your ship at just about any moment. It's it's a lot of fun. Check this game out. It's it's awesome. Yeah, when Silk Song drops, um you can expect me to be like talking about that during this segment, like nonstop. <laughs> They finally, after years of waiting, got like a new trailer yesterday. It was like, it was like, it was like giving a, it was like giving water to a man who has walked through a desert. Okay, it was just so great to see. All right, all right. Well, this has been a fun episode. Um, so in terms of what's coming up next, um, I am uh, unearthing a lost Zeno chat episode uh, we'll finally be releasing the Zeno saga villains episode at some point i'm probably going to give priority to this malice episode uh first but that should be coming out afterwards at some point so keep an eye out for that Woo-hoo. and um be sure to like comment su- subscribe i don't know like comment subscribe um, we are uh, at us on Instagram. Yes, we are at Zinochat Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and at or blah Zinochat Podcast at gmail.com and our email. Tell us who do you like Malos? Do you do you think he's redeemable? Let us know. I genuinely um, would be interested in reading comments on this. So if you do have an opinion to weigh in on this subject, please do comment. I would, I at the very least would be very interested to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Put a ditto on that one. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for everyone that joined and any, everyone that's listening. And have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Take care. Your little shit. All right, OBS is running. God. Whoa. <laughs>
That was not me burping, even though I was drinking my beer. I need to drink this faster before it becomes warm. Is that deep fried seaweed? Really? What sushi. the fuck are you listening to? This is sushi. Like, what? Am I supposed to fuck the pizza? Is there Taco Bell sushi? Is that what she's talking about? Should I fuck the pizza? It's not a bur- that's not a pizza. That's a fucking burger. Fuck it. Fuck burger. Is my penis going in the burger? Yes, no. Oh. Honestly, I've seen better, so I'm going to say no. All right. So he's her driver, huh? Looks so noble, I might barf. Oh. oh hello. <laughs> mm. You better kill me quick. Otherwise, you might not make it. All right. So, B... You're up on B back from is B back. Mm-hmm. Okay, then B yes, is in fact back. So, all right, let's raise the roof. I'm gonna run to the restroom. I'll be right back. Okay, okay, that's fine because <laughs> how dare Anthony is not up. Anyways, does anybody have any other um comments for B before we move back to the mouse did nothing wrong? With everything she said what. <laughs> I agree with everything she oh, said. Okay. Virtual high five. All right. Eat it! Is, a, is Anthony back? Can you object? I don't think Anthony is back yet. Okay, then you can object. Go ahead. I'll bring an end to this with my own two hands! I am back, by the way. I would like to express an, an objection uh, as soon as uh, you've made your finished making your point. Oh, I made my point. You we were just doing objection. objections while we waited for you to come back. Let's go out with a bang. Um, did you read my argument? Uh, read it? No, I was uh, I was trying to listen. Okay, because I know you you stepped away for a bit. That's I did. I was, yes. So that's um. Okay, good job. Don't get cocky, you little shit.